2: Good evening and welcome to Yadda. I'm here with uh, Kirk. Uh, it continues to be a world and rapid decline. Uh, the United States uh, approved some $40
1: billion billion. Yep.
2: for the war in the Ukraine. Uh, U.S. politicians, senators, and congressmen are openly stating <laughs> that their intent is to Eliminates Putin. Their intent is to destroy the military of our enemy, and their quotes, as if we have declared war on Russia. Uh, We have pledged significant amounts of that 40-plus billion, I think it's now 50 billion in total, to protect the Ukrainian borders. Heck, this is an administration that won't protect the American (laughs) borders. I was just
0: about to say, yeah.
2: We'll spend billions on anti-aircraft, anti-tank, anti-personnel weapons to go kill Russians, but we can't get baby formula on our shelves. We have an economy that's in freefall. Inflation is the worst it has been in many, many, many decades. Our supply lines are thrashed, and yet, with the dollar in free fall, with our economy in shambles, with our deficit growing at record rates, we've declared an unofficial war on Russia, the nation with the most nuclear weapons in the world. Well, boy, I'll tell you one thing, Kirk. There is no question
1: mm-hmm.
2: how uh, this world is going to digress from what it was pre-COVID to what it will be in the summer of 2029 when all hell breaks loose. Yeah. There's no way to stop it. You know, no, Iowa said that uh, the catalyst for the uh, the turning point uh, for Israel proper, when mm-hmm. millions of jihadists flood into the uh, into Israel, when Israel is is uh, divided at and narrowed at her waist and becomes indefensible, mm-hmm. uh, such that uh, the so-called West Bank uh, are given to the Muslims, the fake Athenians. Uh, that it's the fall of Damascus that causes that. Do you know the only reason that the Damascus government still stands?
1: Couldn't. Russia, right?
2: He told, he, told, Absolutely. he told Obama. He said,
0: Russia's military I'll, I'll that line. Yeah.
2: Is, uh, is saying the consequence of other than Assad is worse than Assad, which is the distinction we couldn't make as Americans in, uh, in Iraq or in Libya where we weren't smart enough to recognize that other than Saddam Hussein and other than Muammar Gaddafi was actually worse than those two
1: dictators. Mm-hmm.
2: And so Putin has actually made the right call, as bad as Assad is, but with the world pouring hundreds now of billions of dollars of advanced weaponry into the Ukraine, declaring war on Russia... Providing intelligence for Russia and all the weapons for Russia, uh, for the Ukraine to use against Russia, uh, Russia's not going to be able to support Damascus. And when they pull out I mean, Damascus, of Damascus, course, of course. yeah, what happens?
1: Yeah.
2: It falls. And what does Yahweh say happens when it falls? That is the time of the Karua harvest, and the removal of God's people from the planet, and the time of Jakob's troubles. As a consequence of all of this, of us aiding and abetting world war with the United States as the provocateurs of that war, there's a food crisis of major magnitude around the world. Oh, yeah. uh, prices are soaring. But it's not just that Prices of food are up 30, 40, 50 percent. Can't get it. Fertilizer is up by more than that. And without fertilizer, we're going to have greater shortages. And without fuel, there's no ability to transport that food, even if it was grown. And so we're in a position where it's going to get much worse before it, if it ever gets better. And all of that is because we were so stupid, we put embargoes and sanctions on Russia and aided and abetted the invasion of Russia, put the world into a position of ultimate crisis. It's um, one of the most stunning uh, reversals of, of fortune, probably in world history. Wheat has increased in price by 43%. Uh, Cooking oils have increased by uh, 40%. Price of chicken has increased by 42%. Countries around the world are going to starve. They're going to starve,
0: absolutely.
2: And when people starve, there are revolutions. Mm -hmm. The 69% increase in the price of fertilizers. On another matter, uh, by the way, before I try to leave that matter, there, mm-hmm. there is a journalist today that um, um, I've only listened to probably 15 to 20 times, and I only listened to him in passing uh, uh, while I'm eating uh, dinner. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson his name. Uh, Fox News is the network. I don't much like Fox News, but uh, this fellow is exceptional. Well, I beat him to the problem in Ukraine. I recognized what we were going to do was abysmally stupid uh, five months before he did, and was beating this drum about the Ukraine every week for five months before he picked it up. I must say that his analysis of what's happening in the Ukraine is brilliant. I would strongly encourage folks to listen to him, and he's unique. He recognizes the problem is, is on both sides of the aisle, with Democrats and Republicans, and none of them deserve to hold office in this country for what they have done. Uh, it's shameful. But uh, his analysis of the reasons behind Ukraine are really uh, quite insightful. Uh, uh, I remember, Kirk, uh, going back mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago, I was doing Shattering Mist, where I was doing three hours of, of uh, news commentary five days a week, and and I would scour the news, and I thought my insights on what was happening around the world and what was being reported about what was happening were, were pretty astute. And uh, I've got to tell you, this, mm-hmm. this fellow, uh, he is, uh, he's better than I was. He is, um, he's really good at, uh, at um, heralding the seriousness of the problems that uh, undergird America, and he doesn't uh, mince words. He tells it like it is. There is another problem uh, in America. Finally, uh, even the left is recognizing that uh, Black Lives Matter was a horrendous mistake. The basis of Black Lives Matter was a complete and utter lie uh, that uh, blacks, by by a factor of of, uh, 8 to 1, are more likely to kill blacks than are whites. Uh, So the whole finger-pointing thing was unbelievably stupid. What they have found uh, now in, uh, in two years of research since Black Lives Matter raised its ugly head, that uh, conditions in the black community are far worse than they were before the uh, organization uh, rose to influence. Homicides on blacks have skyrocketed. They've gone from about 7,400 uh, a year in America to 10,000. Stunning increase and crime in the black community is uh, is up uh, a similar percentage. And the reason is because as a cop you'd have to be out of your ever loving mind. to
0: won't go there,
2: please, yeah. the, the, the black community. Why would you do that? You know if you make a mistake, you're going to end up in jail. And last time I checked, we humans are prone to mistakes. And you know you're you're dealing in many cases with people who are drugged out of their mind, who have no conscience, who would just as soon kill you as anything else and have no means of of working things out using words and you're going to go in there and risk your life knowing that everybody in the world is going to be against you if you actually harm one of the belligerents. Even if they're drugged, as was George Foreman. Even if they were passing counterfeit bills, e- even if they were resisting arrest, if uh, you get too aggressive, which the Chapin clearly was, um, you're going to spend, what was it, like 40 years in jail?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Be accused of murder when you can rest assured he had zero intent. To kill him, and there were, of course there was no premeditation, but it doesn't matter. So, by their focus on defunding the police, their focus on blaming whites for the problems that blacks are perpetrating on themselves, they have made the conditions vastly worse in the black communities uh, across uh, America. And you got no one to blame but themselves. It is the problem with progressives. Evidence and reason do not matter. Gun-related homicides in the black community rose uh, year after year uh, after Black Lives Matter by 35% a year. Uh, uh, overall homicides up by uh, 40%. It is a, uh, it's exactly as we said it would be. Another uh, interesting fact is that uh, recent disclosures have found uh, that um, uh, Black Lives Matter paid $6 million for a home in the Los Angeles area, a Studio City uh, property, a home with six bedrooms and swimming pool and soundstage and the like, uh, and that the – founders of Black Lives Matter have used it personally. And that the founders of Black Lives Matter, being a good Marxist, used the money to buy several homes for herself and her supporters. And she says, well, you know, while I've made regrettable mistakes that do not ensure trust uh, and even admitted to using personal property, uh, the criticisms of me are wrong. Oh yeah, well, because 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 I want them to be. One of the uh, sad things happening in Israel right now is that the Palestinian uh, Authority uh, has uh, decided that they're not going to uh, uh, allow, even under uh, joint custody, Israel to inspect the uh, the bullet uh, that shot and killed uh, Shireen Abu uh, uh, Akleh, who was. Uh, She's called a journalist. She's not a journalist. She's a propagandist. And you know she's a propagandist because, well, she was given a state funeral draped in the Fakistanian flag and with uh armed uh, uh, parade marchers and, and the like. Uh, she was given a state funeral. Uh, so she's worked for Al Jazeera, which is also a state, Muslim state-owned organization. Uh, and so the... Israelis have said, listen, uh, if, obviously she was killed. Uh, obviously uh, there was uh, a, uh, a battle uh, in, uh, in this area because of the increased uh, murders by uh, Islamic terrorists of, uh, of Jewish civilians. And so we're not going to continue just to sit by and wait for the next killing and then go after the killers we want to uh, uh, to root out uh, those who are planning the next murder, and thereby save the lives of the innocent people. And so they were there uh, in that community, and uh, this propagandist decided that she would uh, film those terrible Jews um, defending their right to live, and she was shot, killed. Uh, the Palestinians uh, who were shooting screamed out that uh, we got one. Uh, I got a, uh, you know, a, uh, an Israeli uh, uh, military uh, officer, and uh, I see him. He fell dead. Uh, there weren't any Israeli officers or military killed. The only person that was killed and fell was the so-called journalist. Uh, and the Jews are pretty well disciplined on. on uh, on their riflery uh, and their tactics. They do not shoot indiscriminately, but the Muslims do. And so it's highly likely the Muslim killer. And therefore the Palestinian authority will not allow Israel to examine the bullet because, well, both sides use two, two, three ammunition. The, uh, uh, United States supplied the rifles, uh, and the, uh, munitions, uh, to the Palestinian authority, uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, the Jewish military, the IDF, uses the same caliber. So all you could do is uh, say, "All right, um, we'll uh, we'll compare that bullet to uh, all of the rifles of those uh, of our troops who were there. there. If one of our people that that uh, errantly shot them, we'll take full accountability and uh, apologize for it. And if it's one of yours, then stop screaming that we committed." murder because that's clearly not true but the world is just eating this up love to blame israel another note the united states uh decided that uh it would continue to uh, to uh hoodwink and uh, manipulate the world into opposing russia you know that uh, bulgaria which is on the uh, the border there of russia is going to receive Mm -hmm. uh, natural gas supplies who had previously received them from Russia's uh, Gazprom from the United States. So our fuel prices will continue
0: to rise. (laughs) Supply shrinks.
2: The top U.S. Senate Republican uh, released uh, the finding of an investigation uh, uh, earlier this week that uh, demonstrates that Uh, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti knew that his uh, top advisor was sexually harassing city employees and was routinely making racist remarks. So now what? Also on the side of uh, the world is falling apart, the pro-abortion protesters uh, have not just marched to show their animosity towards the Supreme Court uh, for uh, the draft that indicates they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, probably on a five to four vote, just as Roe v. Wade was passed on a five to four vote. Uh, They are now marching uh, into uh, or to the homes of uh, justices like uh, John Roberts and uh, Brent Cavanaugh. So they're threatening Supreme Court justices going to their homes.
0: My God.
2: Yep. For uh, safe abortions. So, safe abortion. How safe is an abortion for the uh, unborn child? Yeah, zero. Yeah. You know, my, my view on abortion has always been the same. I've, I've said it uh, so many times on Shattering <laughs> Mists that in the first trimester, it's hard to argue with the, uh, the woman, uh, with the man who uh, impregnated her. Collectively, they, uh, they should have uh, say on, uh, on what they, uh, they wish to do. Uh, and in the third trimester, it's clearly murder. And the woman, uh, uh, her husband, if she uh, or boyfriend, if uh, he's uh, encouraging it, and the doctor should all be indicted for murder. Because it's murder, that child is viable on its own. And in the second trimester, it's uh, you're at a time where, where if the fetus is viable, the child would live outside of its mother, then it's murder. And you need to be really careful about uh, these sorts of things. We need to to have a conversation that limits uh, abortion uh, to a a very finite cross section of people. But to to have a conversation about it is difficult in today's world. I mean yeah, I was both pro-choice and pro-life, so it's hard to bring uh, God into uh, this discussion, uh, but reason should prevail, and of course, in politics it seldom does. Thinking of a lack of reason, uh, the European Parliament, which is becoming unbelievably liberal, uh, just put out an edict which demands that Israel not build uh, homes in what they call the West Bank. The 14 European nations said in a joint statement uh, issued today, we are deeply concerned by the decisions of the Israeli Higher Planning Council to advance plans for the construction of more than 4,000 housing units in the West Bank. Yeah, it's, uh, when, I, I can see, what I can businesses see that. Let's see. Well, I, I, well, it makes perfect sense, uh, Kirk. Uh, we we don't want to condemn when Muslims uh, come in and use knives and axes to kill uh, Jews. We we don't want to uh, to condemn the uh, the Taliban for uh, taking uh, that country back to the Stone Age. But we will condemn Israel for building houses.
1: Can you think of any other
2: country in the world that is condemned for building homes? (laughs) How big of a racist do you have to be to condemn people not only of building homes, but doing so in their ancestral homeland?
0: Uh, Let's tell the Navajo they can't have another home. Oh, come on. (laughs) <laughs> um
2: I had sent you uh earlier this week uh the, yeah. uh, the chapter i had uh, uh finished uh, writing uh early this week it was called kaani like me uh to be or not to be it is the seventh chapter in the seventh volume of yada uh so Oh, it's just the eighth chapter in the seventh volume. Of, chapter, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you read it and um, and said, "Boy, this is really interesting." Can we do a show wow. starting on this chapter? So I said, oh, "Okay, what the what the heck?" Because uh, I found yeah. it interesting too. You never know when you're doing these things, because quite honestly, I find every chapter interesting. <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> no, well, you of do so. this kind I mean, of stuff, every, every eight every ten week hours week a day. day my yeah,
0: your favorite. Yeah,
2: right. You'd yeah. be crazy if you didn't find it interesting. And the more you learn, the more you're able to learn, uh, and the more you understand, the more you're able to understand. So it is um, reinforcing in in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in all fair, on no fairness, too, though it, it does go, it does segue into Yomiyah story. There's parts of it where you go. In fact, I was in Yomiyah studying for the night show, assuming it, the other. We uh-huh. from the, we'd go back to Yom and Yom. I said, well, I had no, you know, that boy, that goes right there. This section, yeah. this page, is this this page that goes. Yah always repeats, of course, but, but it was just like, uh, yeah, this is too good to leave sitting, well, you know. Yeah. I thought. I thought.
2: Yeah. You know, so I, I my, my view is that one of the most interesting prophecies found anywhere in the Torah is presented by Moshe who is the leading expert on the subject of prophecy. Now,
0: I guess.
2: So it, <laughs> I when, when Moshe you know, comes out with a, a prophecy, I'm going to view him as the foremost expert <laughs> on the subject. Uh, now, considering the instructions on who to distrust, uh, which are associated with the revelation. So he is, in this particular revelation, he is... His focus is who we should not trust. It is quite amazing that both Christianity and Islam lay claim to this prophecy. Both religions claim it speaks of their guy, when it actually applies to neither. And the Jews for whom it was written have long failed to recognize the individual who is actually being depicted. And yet, what the prophet Moshe was describing uh, not only resides at the center of Yahweh's story. This fellow is the most interesting man in the world. His life will be even greater in the future than it was in the past. The second of four Zoroah is uh, most like Moshe of all the people who have ever lived. And his life calibrates our assessment of time, with an equal number of years spanning his life on either side of Eden, Mm. 3,000 years, separating our expulsion from Eden and our Mm re-entry. We're going to cover this prophecy because, frankly, Kirk wants us to. By the way, Kirk, I received a uh, a phone call two days ago from uh, yeah. my really good friend uh, Yoel, and his wife uh, Mary. She may be uh, listening. She's she's caught up on all the archives. I've just sent her uh, six of the uh, new volumes of uh, of yada yada. And when she hey, called Mary. to say, you know, I, I've listened to all of the archives in the uh, the last uh, year and and finally uh, caught up. And boy, I said, I am so impressed. She said with that that fellow Kirk,
0: and I just <laughs>
2: love the way that he uses the letters <coughs> to explain the meaning and how it reinforces well, what we've uh, all known <coughs> and come to learn. So, you'll be yeah. uh, happy to know, Kirk, that... Um, hey, I'm a I'm, Yoel
0: fan, though. Really, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm,
2: oh, yeah. will so Yoel, is one of my favorite people. He's such a, mm. a keen intellect and uh, great character. Uh, he's fun to uh, have on this program. So we're going to cover this prophecy from the beginning to the end uh, because the teaching associated with it is exceedingly helpful and it's seldom considered because it begins talking about the Loi, And the Loi is not something, uh, the lives of the lowe is not something that are interesting to, to most people. Uh, rabbinical Judaism can't stand it because they want to pretend like the Loi don't exist, that God never spoke of them because rabbis have... Uh, replace the you Loi just as yeah. Hashem and uh, and G dash D every replaced Yahweh. So they want nothing uh, to uh, to do with this part of uh, Dabarim Of course, Christians have uh, have replaced Yahweh's priests with the own, and uh, Muslims, I'm not sure, know what a priest is. <laughs> Um, what we're going to Sorry. read, and by the way, if you know, if if I'm thinking I'm being pejorative towards uh, Muslims mm-hmm. and uh Really, my comments are are are
0: far well too placed.
2: Common. Oh no, they're yeah. they're far they are far too kind. Well,
0: they, they could be, uh, Islam they could be Islam, Islam they could...
2: is far worse than I am uh, stating in this program, mm. and I don't say that as a matter of opinion, but as a matter of fact. Uh, And should you not agree, then you read Prophet of Doom and you get back to me.
1: Yeah.
2: So we're going to cover this prophecy from beginning to end uh, because, as I say, the teaching associated with it is very helpful and very, very seldom considered. What we're going to read leaves no quarter for the religious. It impugns everyone who has claimed to have received a vision from God since Malachi, some 2,450 years ago. Now, speaking to the Loe, those enlisted by Yahweh to serve uh, Israelites, Moshe began the 18th chapter of Dabadim by saying, There should never be for the Loe among the priests, inclusive of the lineage of Loe, parcels of land, possessions, or donations, or an inheritance associated with Yisrael. I'll go on in a moment. Wow. But.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So this is pretty tough on, uh, on clarifying. Pretty tough. This is devastating for any clerk who yeah. receives a, uh, a stipend, a salary, or donations. And that would, of course, be really tough on the rabbis who are overpaid by 300% compared to the rest of religious leaders. They're the ultimate money grubbers. So God is just saying, nope, if you are going to serve me in this role as a priest, those officiating as ministers, mediators, teachers, advisors, judges, and counselors, if you're going to serve me in those roles and you are... An offspring of the lowly, you are not to own land, possessions, or receive donations. You don't even get an inheritance, which is um, assigned to successive generations associated with the land of Israel. They will be nourished instead by their inheritance which is the transforming fire and material light of Yahweh. So the compensation for the Lohi Kohen is to be sustained by an inheritance that includes the transforming fire and maternal light, the Ishe, the elevating energy, that which converts physical, organic material into energy and light, commonly rendered offering by fire. Esha in Hebrew is woman or female individual, wife or mother, and Esha is the feminine word for Esh, fire. So what the lowe are going to receive, if they do their job, as God asks, is that they their inheritance will be to be transformed from a physical being that is decaying into a spiritual energy being that will live forever. I would tell you, I'd prefer that to money. And by the way, that's the same offer that Yahweh is providing for anyone who chooses to work with him in this way. Don't elicit money for serving God's people by communicating his will and word. Your reward is elsewhere. Therefore, an inheritance will not exist for them among their brethren. Their inheritance comes from God. Therefore, they're not going to receive an inheritance from their brethren. Yahweh is their inheritance, their birthright, and their legacy. In accordance with what he has said regarding the relationship for them,
0: simple, Mm -hmm.
2: profound. If you want to engage, and today nobody even knows if they are a lowy because uh, the children of Israel became so misled, misguided, uh, lost in their religion. they all but invited the Romans to come in and, uh, and conquer them. And when the temple was destroyed, uh, the genealogical records were destroyed. And by that time, after the Maccabees anyway, the, uh, the rabbis had uh, replaced the Cohen uh, the and the uh, and It's kind of the, uh, the first revolution in uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And the be uh, uh, revolution really speaks to that. Uh, it was the revolution uh, for power. Uh, it, uh, in fact, the first invasion of Rome into Israel taking place about 66 uh, BCE was all over this, where uh, two brothers were vying. one wanted, uh, well, both wanted to be uh, a chief priest. Um, and so Mommy, uh, who uh, uh, Alexandria, I think, was her name, uh, good Greek name, uh, mm-hmm. and... She had two sons, and she wanted one son to be king and the other one to be chief priest. But the money and the power was with the chief priest. With the priest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not with king. And so they were bickering over who would be chief priest, not who would be uh, king. And this whole idea of uh, people who, who aren't lowly, who are doing this for the money, uh, that – uh, particular revolution took place uh, shortly after and during the uh, the Maccabee uh, revolt, which was really what what it was all about and so what Yah was saying the way that he is setting this up is that um, each of the uh, of the tribes of Israel were given land and were given mm-hmm. an inheritance of that land uh, and they're all uh, given the opportunity to inherit the covenant. But the Loi was going to be special. This was going to be a group that were going to be the closest to Yahweh, that were going to officiate at the Mikra to enable the people to benefit from the invitations to meet with, uh, with God. And they would help teach the Torah. They would help uh, decide disputes between the, uh, the people. Uh, they would be the de facto leaders of Israel. Yisrael. Uh, whose constitution would be the Torah. And it was a, a marvelous way of, of keeping the society functioning effectively. Uh, but to do it, Yahweh well, realized there's so much power, and with power there is wealth, uh, associated with these roles, that the only way this was going to work is for those who served him, to recognize that life is short and that their inheritance would be in an eternity. And that's the way he set it up. Uh, I, you know, Kirk, I, mm-hmm. you receive the same remuneration I do for uh, your participation in this program. Um, yes. You know, I'm, uh, uh, I do this six and seven days a week, eight to ten hours a day, and I've done it now for 21 years. And I pay for the privilege. I'm not saying. Yes, uh, and so that is the way it needs to be. It just has to be that way if we're going to uh, be effective stewards of uh, Yahweh's testimony.
0: Huh. Agreed, yes. Uh, and
2: so he is clearly stating the way he wants it to be. Uh, and keep in mind. Doing this, they, you know, the 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 lowe were not malnourished. They were well fed. They were very comfortable. They could go and stay in anyone's home. Uh, they had the greatest job in the world. They worked for the greatest, most wonderful boss in the world. Uh, their lives had value and purpose. And when they did well, their respected. job well, they got to live forever in Yahweh's home, inheriting the universe.
0: Wow.
1: That's
2: a good deal, <laughs> that's a folks. Cost. That's a
0: good. Deal. I'm not hungry. I get to go. Ah. I get to travel. No. Yeah, this idea. Okay.
2: So, I know I've shared this a gazillion times. So I do this six and seven days a week, uh, eight to ten hours a day. It's not a sacrifice. That's that's a statement of commitment. It's not a statement of uh, of sacrifice. i I'm, I'm doing it because I enjoy it because I get a lot out of it. Because I know that my life matters when I do it. I know it's pleasing to God. That's the key. Yeah, every cleric the world over, especially the money-grubbing rabbis, are complete hypocrites when they accept any remuneration for their services. If a person wants to serve God, there are a number of baseline requirements, all of which were prescribed in this opening statement and none of which any cleric is currently observing. Work on behalf of God's people must be offered freely without profiting economically. We may not accept donations, a salary, or monetary gifts. The servant's contributions must be ka'asher dabar Yahweh in Yahweh's name and consistent with God's testimony, especially regarding the proper way to receive the benefits of the relationship. In addition, we should recognize and advance the specific responsibilities assigned to the Loewe Cohen pertaining to Yahweh's home and his mikveh. Our principal resource must be the Torah in which this instruction is placed. And our intended audience should be Israel to whom Moshe spoke and led now considering how frustrated Yahweh has been with Israel these past well 3000 years for having forgotten him and having broken the covenant the last thing anyone should want to receive is the inheritance of the disinherited Moreover, prior to Yahweh's return and the restoration of Israel, most of Israel is going, uh, well, I think, anyway, is way too polluted with the religious to be inviting. Mm -hmm. Now, take Jerusalem, for example. The most recent survey of its inhabitants reveals that they are equally divided between the stench of the Herodim, the anti-Semitic Muslims, seeking to kill and expel Jews and government employees who are overtly political and it's littered with religious and government buildings. If you gave me a private aircraft to soar between here in the U.S. Virgin islands and uh, in Israel uh, tomorrow and said, we'll put you up in the presidential suite of the King David hotel overlooking the Temple Mount. All expenses are paid. Uh, First meeting will be with the Prime Minister, and uh, you can have uh, keys to the city. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. I've been there. I, um, I think my reaction to Jerusalem was the same as Mm -hmm. Yahweh's.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Place things to high high heaven. Uh, It it is way too religious, uh, way too political, um, way too polluted with monuments to man. And that's not going to change until Yahweh's return. I want to go back when it's looking as God has envisioned. The proper inheritance is to be nourished by the transformative light of our spiritual mother to experience the promised conversion from physical organic beings into energy and light when Yah was off what Yah was offering it's uh, incredibly elevating and it's uh, empowering enlightening and enduring the superior uh, inheritance is to be part of the covenant, to be a member of Yahweh's family and to live with our God. This occurs when we listen to what he says about his relationship. Now the lowly Levites, by serving God's people, by leading them home while working as intermediaries during the Mechre invitations, inherited Yahweh's blessings. Now, Keep in mind that explaining the mikra is a big deal. Uh, They're complicated. What God is offering, how he's going about uh, honoring his promises is very complex. Uh, I've written three volumes uh, just on those seven days. There's a lot to them. The... Lowy had a big job. It wasn't just to, to explain this is what you need to do with a, the lamb and with yeast and with matzah and, mm, what it uh,
0: means. and
1: the
2: timing of it mm. and, and yeah. what it represents. Uh, all of those symbols are important. All of what God did to and would do to honor his promises, all of it is essential. Mm. And all of it was discussed in great detail in the Torah and the prophets. So the lowly Levites, by serving God's people, by leading them, um, they received the ultimate retirement package. Uh, No need to feel sorry for them, or anyone else who serves God or his people. The perks and the privileges are literally out of this world. Now, should you be of the opinion that this pronouncement pertains exclusively to the, I'll put it in quotes, Levites, and thus does not apply to your Gentile church, your Arab mosque, or your political statehouse, well, you'd be correct. It doesn't apply to any of those things. There are no instructions for Gentile <laughs> churches, mosques, or governments, because they are expressly excluded from Yahweh's company and plants. So since these are the only instructions Yahweh prescribed for humankind, we either accept them or we reject him. Now, this note, it is important that we recognize who the Loewy are, Uh, why they were excluded from one inheritance and offered another. They bear Loewy's name which was given by his mother, Leah, as the third of six sons born to Jacob. She wanted her husband, Jacob, to be more devoted and attracted to her versus her sister, which is why she named him Loe, to be united, to join together. Now, Loi was also the great-grandfather of Moshe. Aaron, and Miriam. The Loi were set apart from the other descendants of Jacob. Their uh, role was to serve as teachers, advisors, judges, and guides. Their primary purpose was to act as intermediaries, uniting Yahweh and Yehudah during the Mechrei. They really had the most important job on earth, which is helping Yah's people understand the benefits they can enjoy by observing the Torah and by participating in the Be'eth, Be'ereth Covenant, while, of course, answering the Mo'ed invitations. I've tried to use past tense to describe the Loewe Cohen, because, as I mentioned earlier, they have been replaced. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. by God. God does not replace but by the religious, especially rabbis. Rather than a priest serving to affirm the Torah and aid in the celebrations of the Mikre, Jews have appointed rabbis to replace God's words, name, meetings with their own. Think about it for a moment, too. Mm -hmm. Loe means to unite. Rabbi means to be great. What do you think Yahweh prefers? Someone who thinks they're great
0: family or somebody who wants to join him? Yeah. He'll make you great if he wants you to be great. Just do do your job. Join. Bring the family together.
2: This is uh, Yahweh's plan, one completely rejected by Judaism. And this shall be the plan for the priests. When... Moshe is the one speaking, and he says, this shall be the plan for the priest. And he, by the way, as I said, he was an expert on, uh, on prophecy. He is also the foremost expert on what it means to be a lowy colon. He is Cohen, the yes. first first and foremost of the lowy colon. So this shall be the plan for the priests from the people. Out of the sacrificial animal prepared for the offering and consumption, whether a cow or a sheep, they shall give to the priest the shoulder of the sacrificial lamb, the jaw and the belly, the first and best of your grain, of your new wine, and of your oil, as well as your choicest fleece from your flock of sheep. You should give to them. 18.4. 18.4. For indeed Yahweh has chosen among them, out of all of the branches of the extended family of your people, to be present, to be stationed, and to be standing, Amad, to serve and to render assistance in the name of Yahweh, he and his sons, every day throughout time. So tell me, Jews, why do you have rabbis? How can you carry around a Torah, claim to be Torah observant, and listen to a rabbi? God said, this is my plan for every day throughout time. He also said that they would render assistance in the name of Yahweh and your godforsaken rabbis won't even say his name. You ought to be embarrassed. What's wrong with you? Now, we went into this saying that this was going to be the most extraordinary of prophecies. And here we are talking about the functions of the lowly priests. And yet, if we don't understand God's plan, what good is it to unveil the identity of a person spoken of in prophecy? This is really the essence of it—the teaching that matters. So it's no wonder, Kirk, that the rabbis mm-hmm. are opposed to such things. The priests didn't get paid. Uh, They served in Yahweh's name. And and oh, by the way, they had to work weekends. Of course, it it
1: doesn't work for the
2: rabbis. But alas, had the loyek continued to do as Yahweh requested, they would be well-fed, handsomely attired, and suitably hydrated. Their job would have been exceedingly rewarding as well. To be Bashar, chosen by Yahweh, To work with him is the ultimate honor and privilege.
0: Yeah, I guess.
2: And let's make it clear. Yahweh chooses. This idea of religion, that you choose to worship your God, honor your God, be converted to religion, that that is a person. That's not the way it works. Yahweh does the choosing. Now, we have the opportunity to accept or reject his choice, other than Israel, Yahweh very seldom chooses someone that uh, isn't uh, going to choose him back. Uh, so it is the nature of, uh, of God to make these choices. It's clear that God has no interest in saving everyone. He has no interest of in working with everyone and for those that says, I have chosen um, the ministry, I have chosen to serve God, uh, bull. It's not the way it works. <laughs> Very perfect bull. God chooses who works with him.
0: Bill. Yeah.
2: That's just all there is to it. If God hasn't chosen you to work with him, you ought not be doing it. If you don't work in Yahweh's name, you ought not be doing it. If you're in it for the money, you ought not be doing it. You'll notice that while the priests were, weren't were given any money, everything that Yahweh asked for on behalf of the Loi was symbolic.
1: Mm-hmm. If
2: uh, we were to apply this to a contemporary situation, it would be appropriate to feed and clothe those who are promoting the Torah while also paying for their utilities. Uh, olive oil would be the utility of the day. Yahweh's <laughs> yes. ministers were uh, given a sal sou- were uh, not given a salary or a housing allowance. Their only reward was the covenant and its benefits. So we have found the first of many reasons rabbis, pastors, and priests seldom preach from Debatim 18. Now, Yahweh's list of just rites is especially revealing. The lamb is symbolic of Passover and eternal life. The Zaroah represents Moshe, Dod, Yosha, and likely Yada. The jaw and the belly speak of nourishing words. Rashid is the first word of the Torah. Wine is symbolic of the blood sprinkled on the doorway uh, and on the mercy seat during Passover and on reconciliations. And olive oil represents the set-apart spirit as she enlightens and nurtures us. The fleece speaks of being part of Yahweh's flock and of being enveloped and adorned by the Ruach. This was more than a list of ingredients. It was another teaching moment. There are many strokes left in Yahweh's brush, so while every other tribe was assigned a particular territory within Yisrael, we learned that the Loi had free reign. And if a Loi shall come from one of your communities, anywhere within Yisrael, where to show the proper path to walk, to get the greatest joy of life, he resides as a guest in that place. He may come to and enter, wherever his soul
0: desires,
2: towards the dwelling place and home, which, for the benefit of the relationship, Yahweh will choose. And he will render assistance, be attentive and serve, in the name of Yahweh his God just like all of his fellow Loi, who will be present and standing there before Yahweh. So the Loi didn't inherit a particular plot of ground, as did the 12 tribes. No, they got free reign. Just as we as spiritual beings have free reign of the entire universe, God is setting that up right here. The Lowy, whose inheritance is to become as light, can enjoy any home within the community. But when they're there, their job is not to be a parasite. Their job isn't to tell the homeowner, you know, move out of your bed, I'm moving in. No. God chooses where he wants them to go, and when they come and enter that home, then they are to work for the benefit of the relationship that Yahweh is seeking to establish with his people. The Lohi is to render assistance. The Lohi is to be attentive. The Lohi is to serve in the name of Yahweh. The Lohi is to be present and standing before Yahweh. Very simple formula. Stand before God, do not bow down. Render assistance, do not be served. Understand that this is God's home and we serve at His pleasure. Now, there is more to this than just freedom of movement within Israel. Through the Mikre and by walking along the proper path to receive the benefits of the covenant relationship, we are transformed from physical, organic beings who are limited in space and time. Our souls will become more akin to energy and light, where we're going to be able to travel whenever and wherever we desire. Part of this message. Mankind and the as in the case with all animals, has a nephesh soul. God is Ruach spirit. If we want to live with him, we need what he has. And fortunately, he's willing to give us access to the Ruach Kodesh, the set-apart spirit. She comes bearing gifts, and they are all free. But that's not to say that Yahweh does not expect something in return. He does. He wants to develop a family, relationship along the lines of his bereth covenant. Macomb is a marvelous word. It was translated dwelling place and home. Uh, it is uh, the home associated with Yahweh's choosing, which is obviously on Mount Moriah, the sham place upon which the bereth covenant was affirmed with Abraham and yeshak the place upon which Yahweh's home was built and upon which he provided the Passover lamb for the sacrifice. The makom, standing place, is where God and man are united, where souls come to endure forever in Yahweh's presence. Kom means to stand, to stand up, to take a stand, to establish, to be accountable. Ma is an interrogatory and it asks us, to question the, who took a stand. Where did they take a stand? Why did they take a stand? How did they take this stand? And of course, what we find is that this Makom speaks to the fulfillment of the Micra by Yahweh himself. Yahweh reminds us that the only appropriate compensation for services rendered in association with him comes from him. It doesn't come from men. And Yahweh does not have a credit card, does not have a checking account. We can feed, we can clothe, we can brighten the lives of his ministers, even welcome them into our home so that we can listen to them. But we are never to pay them. There is no donate button. On the Yada, Yada website, and there never will be one. Yes, the books that are available at Amazon are not free, but they are royalty free. All you're paying for when you buy them is the cost of printing the book, and the entire book should you wish to pay for nothing is available free. It's also available in the Kindle uh, format for pennies. This, by the way, is a litmus test. Should anyone claim that they are serving the people on behalf of God and receive donations or monetary compensation for their ministry, as in the case with 99.9% of clerics worldwide,
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: they are not to be trusted. Boy, that uh, puts the Roman Catholic Church and its billions and billions and billions of dollars and some of the most expensive real estate in the world in quite a pickle, doesn't it?
1: Mm.
2: So let's be honest among ourselves. It's not just the money. It's the lies. It's the betrayal of the people. Yao holds every religious cleric in contempt. He will hold them accountable by sentencing today's rabbis and priests to a very long stay in Sheol. This is the Deuteronomy, which is words. Well, the is words. Deuteronomy is uh, Greek rubbish. Uh,
1: yes. Yes.
2: Yes. What uh, the uh, Greeks and the theologians will tell you is Deuteronomy means Second law. Of course, there is no first <laughs> it's law. <the> first one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how in the hell they got second Whatever. Law. It's yeah, a real shame. Uh, it doesn't
0: matter, does it? We would take oh.
2: dabarim, which means words, and change it to a uh, misappropriated. Say words, huh? That is what uh, has been done. They shall have an equal share in portion for them to consume besides the selling price of the merchandise of their fathers. Now, this seems to suggest that even though the Lowy Cohen share, uh, share of food, wine, or olive oil was designed to be consistently fair. If there was a bumper crop and it yielded more than they could consume, the fathers were able to sell the surplus. The statement also suggests that Yahweh is supportive of the idea of providing an inheritance for our children, passing along what we have earned to make their lives a little better. It's um, another way for us to model his intent through the covenant. Mm -hmm. Now, As we examine the next several statements, we are confronted with the realization that the toaba, abominable things conducted by the goyim that are being disparaged and which God wants his people to avoid, focus on religious beliefs. These are disingenuous people, uh, and it also includes intrusive governments. Therefore, the things men and women love, the things that bring people together and shape their lives, are the very things that Yahweh pours. The second insight is a bit more subtle, albeit uh, heartbreaking, since Israel failed uh, Yahweh by incorporating these things into their culture and became very much like the Gentiles. Uh, God had to find a Goy who had rejected the ways of religion and politics to reconnect with his people. And while that's a joyous opportunity for me and for us, it's very, very sad for Yawa. Um, He ought to have been able to work with his people as intended, but there were none. Third, well, there are many aspects of the Egyptian, the Babylonian, Assyrian, Greek, and Roman religions that have been melded into Judaism. Christianity is an overt amalgamation of these religions. Even Bible is based upon Babel, Babylon being confused by the Lord. Some of the many abominations of the Gentiles which were included into Christianity include their trinity, Crosses, worshipping the Lord, Christmas, Easter, Sunday observances, the Mother of God, the Queen of Heaven, the Son of God, along with the myth of a dying and resurrected deity becoming more popular than the Father of the Gods. The integration of church and state is an idea originally uh, incubated within these Gentile civilizations, as is the ongoing war and and killing in the name of of Mm -hmm. God. The papal system of cardinals, bishops, priests, and nuns originated in Gentile uh, cultures, as did the feudal system imposed by the Roman Catholic Church. At its core, Christianity is an amalgamation of Gentile ways. Indeed, when you come upon the land, which for the benefit of the relationship Yahweh, your God, is giving. You should not accept, learn, teach, or imitate. Lolamad. You should not instruct, be trained in, or become accustomed to, such that you act upon or engage in any semblance of the disgusting religious rites and political practices, toabah, of the Gentiles. It makes no difference if the Toabah, disgusting religion, is of Egyptian origin, Babylonian, Assyrian, Egyptian, uh, Greek, or Roman. The names of the sun, moon, and star gods change, but little else. Roman Catholicism, rabbinic Judaism, and Islam were all based upon these same formulas. They deceive by counterfeiting the truth, by misrepresenting the things of Yahweh. Collectively and individually, they lead mankind away from God and to separation and death. Their every right ritual and object of worship is an abomination, detestable, abhorrent, and repulsive. Before the show started, uh, Kirk this evening you mm-hmm. said that, you know, it's it's hard to imagine, uh, considering what yeah well the only real God is offering, that uh, mm-hmm. so many men and women have chosen uh, a fake God. And I challenge that. I yeah. says, No, they haven't chosen a yeah. fake God. They have made their God. Uh they didn't so. like the idea of having it's to third, listen yeah. to God. They didn't have the idea liked much the idea that uh, God was uh, intolerant of religion and politics. So they just made a God in their own image who liked them, a God who would listen to them, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, a God who would support their religion, a God that would agree with their politics, a God who would want to give them everything that they requested a God that would promise them eternal life in paradise. That's what they want. So it's not that they chose a fake God. They simply made their own God so that their God would like them because their God was like them.
0: Yeah. Mirror image. Yeah. Wow. The
2: the ways of religion, politics... Economic oppression, militarism, and conspiracy are not to be accepted. they should not be taught, they should not be tolerated, they should not be imitated or performed, ordained or instituted. This divine edict is so essential it serves as the as the basis, the foundation for the second statement that Yahweh etched on the first of the two tablets don 't be religious. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to this. Who do you trust? Yourself? No one? Other men and women? Gods of your own making? Or Yahweh? What's your preference? The rantings of progressive, wokeism, and socialist secular humanism, communism, or fascism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Mormonism, or Judaism, Roman Catholicism, Orthodox, or Protestant Christianity, or worse, Islam? They're counterproductive. They offer nothing other than false hope. Death. In fact, the best thing that you can get out of religion is to die. Seriously. Statement of Mm -hmm. fact. The best thing you can hope for in religion is to die. Because if you promote your religion, if you mislead people away from Yahweh because of your religion, then you're going to Sheol, Well, you will never die.
1: Yeah, horrible.
2: So the best you can hope for, if you're religious, is to die. Uh, that doesn't sound like a real uh, a cause to dedicate playing. one's money or life to, does it? Not at all. It all comes down to this: if Yao is right then they are wrong. Yahweh wanted uh, Yehudim to remain untainted by the corruptions which surrounded them. They were Yahweh's control group, separated from the guiles of debilitating notions. In this way, they serve as witnesses, as examples to what life is like, united with or separated from God. Fortunately for Jews, it hasn't been a pretty picture but at least for some, that's about to change. Mm -hmm. Continuing to expand upon the worst of human behavior, however, Yahweh added, there shall not be found among you one causing his son or daughter to pass over and perish in a fire. Someone predicting the future based upon pagan." religious notions. A person who obscures the truth and believes in spiritualism. One who tempts and charms others. An individual who entices and seduces people to worship and pray. One who joins in and binds together by forming political or religious alliances. One who is obsessed with ghosts, makes requests of saints or speaks on behalf of dead souls. A conman who beguiles in association with demonic spirits, or one who causes the premature death of others in association with a destructive plague. The Barim 18.11 For indeed, all who engage in and act upon these things are an abomination, considered abominable, abhorrent and detestable, toabah, to Yahweh. And so is the consequence of this repulsive religious excrement. Yahweh, your God, will drive them out, dispose them, and destroy them from your very presence. The body may dwell. So after Yahweh says, "Don't engage in the despicable ways of the Goyim," he lists specifics mm-hmm. as to what Either the Goyim have done. They said, "I don't want you doing this stuff." And while there were hints of politics in that list, it is otherwise entirely religious. Yes. Therefore, by way of this introduction and conclusion we have yet another affirmation that Yahweh abhors what people have been led to believe. God is opposed to human sacrifice, to appeasing gods, misleading children, religious prophets, dishonesty, spiritualism, and anything which is in conflict with evidence and reason. He loathes those who encourage prayer and worship, as well as anyone who forms religious and political alliances. Judaism's reverence for deceased rabbis, Christianity's affinity for saints, and Islam's devotion to martyrs is an abomination to God. Yahweh abhors those who beguile his people, especially when they speak for the Lord. He is revolted by these things because they are murderous, depriving Jews, Christians, and Muslims of a knowledge of Him, their freedom, and their lives. Misappropriating a fear of death and pretending to speak on behalf of the departed is the stick-and-carrot approach of religion. For most of human history, Any opposition to religious authority led to a quick and torturous death. And to demonstrate that the clerics determined who lived and who died, the priest chose who they sacrificed to their gods. Then for the compliant, there was the promise of victory in war, of bountiful crops, and of life after death. And if you complied, you wouldn't be the next one sacrificed. The religious institutions responsible for English Bible translations and lexicons don't much like the idea that God is undermining their sanctified turf. So we find definitions such as divination, sorcerer, soothsayer, occultists, magicians, necromancers attributed to each of these terms in their dictionary. To believe them, it's as if God is preoccupied with Satan worship. Be assured, that's not the message. Folks, a meaningless percentage of people openly worship Satan as the adversary. However,
0: the majority of
2: people have been beguiled to worshiping the devil as if he were God. Therefore, the problem God is addressing does not pertain to the minuscule numbers of sorcerers, occultists, magicians, witches, or wizards, but instead with the imposition of institutionalized religion. For example, Yahweh's complaint begins by opposing the common and tragic practice of priests sacrificing children to appease their gods and to terrorize the masses into submission. The object of the sacrifice was always to false gods and not to the devil. From there, Yahweh condemns false prophets who lay the foundation for religious tyranny by fraudulently attributing their mythology to the culture's most revered ancestors. Continuing to expose the likes of Paul, Akiba, and Muhammad, he says that their beliefs are in conflict with evidence and reason and thus designed to entice the foolish through faith. God is chastising the saints and sages, the apostles and the messengers of the gods, and any and all who have obscured the truth. He is opposed to the Gnostic notions and the cult of death, which underlie Christianity, in addition to the murderous nature of Islam. Qasam, Anan, Nakash, Kasaf and Chabar which are the terms that were in this last statement, every one of them speak of misrepresenting the truth, of misconstruing and twisting God's message to impose an oppressive and binding religious scheme, especially those which control people by integrating religion and politics. Yahweh is condemning those who captivate and betray who deliberately denigrate the masses in the name of their alter egos. He's no friend of those who promote conspiracies, consider themselves spiritual, who are irrational and easily seduced. God loathes those who are overtly religious and prefer the fellowship of the faithful. So in this list, God is impugning everyone who offers the hope of life after death to believers. And especially, Yahweh is opposed to Shaul Paul, the Gnostic, who inspired and wrote most of the Christian New Testament based upon the pagan myth of a dying and resurrected God, advancing spiritualism over reality. And since he and his ilk were possessed by demons, the rhetoric is overtly fixated on agony and anguish. They are responsible for the deaths of countless billions. Their views are infectious and spreading like... Now, while this is condemning of Judaism and Christianity, it's also lethal to Islam. According to the Quran, Allah spends his days tormenting infidels with the entertainment of burning. The capricious promise of deliverance from hellfire is the Quran's most repetitive rant, with a thousand iterations. But be advised, what pleases Allah is an abomination to Yahweh. The Islamic Hadith tells us that Muhammad's father was saved by use of divination arrows, which is another abomination. The same sources explain that Islam's prophet cast lots to determine the order his militants could pick Jewish slave girls to possess and rape. Anand lays lies at the heart of Muhammad's deadly deception. During one of his terrorist raids against a Jewish community, Kabar, Mohammed shouted, I have been made victorious with terror and war is deception. It is the mother's milk of politics. It's the essence of religion. Anan means to cloud the atmosphere sufficiently to block the light and diminish visibility. In politics, perceptions become reality as professional liars spin the fact, cloud the issue, and obscure their actual agenda in the arena of egos. the most prideful weave an enchanting tale while their operatives cover up the harsh and unflattering realities that lie beneath. I have long thought one of the most despicable people in America was uh, Jan Pelski, the uh, outgoing um, publicist for the president, press secretary. Mm-hmm. But she has just wrapped her arms around the most vile thing I have ever seen or heard. Yes, the president, always divisive of people, has decided he's going to hire a uh, the first black, openly homosexual press secretary. This woman is an utter nincompoop. Well, Compared to his vice presidential choice, she's brilliant, but that's not much of a comparison. She is a one-trick pony. America to her is racist, depriving her and everyone of her race and sexual preference of opportunity. Mind you, she was educated in the Ivy League. Her tuition paid. By the public and she has been given one of the top jobs in America but nonetheless you are to believe <laughs> she's that she's been prejudiced against she has nothing to offer her every word is insane and yet she wants to blame prejudice for her holding this office and being educated in an Ivy League school being accepted over somebody who was vastly more qualified. <laughs> we just you, know, you, can't write, you can't world. make this stuff up, can you? You, just no. can't, you just can't make this stuff up. You know, we're out declaring war against Russia, fighting a proxy war by sending $50 billion worth of weapons to the Ukraine so they can go off and kill Russians. And we're painting Putin as the, as the aggressor. How in the hell are we able to do And the overwhelming majority of Americans believe that Putin's the bad guy and we're the peacemakers. It was by taunting Russia and telling Russia that the Ukraine is going to be part of NATO, which is a military pact aimed at... Russia that this war was started, and yeah. we're the pacifists all he said is mm-hmm. I won't invade if you stop sending weapons to the Ukraine and don't make them part of NATO. What did we do? Well, Vice President Holy came there God. and said we're so excited that Ukraine wants to be part of NATO and we send them $50 billion worth of advanced weapons to kill Russians. Uh, okay, here were are the peacemakers. We can keep on telling ourselves that right to our grave. Oh, goodness. Religion like its illegitimate brother politics is all about swindlers obscuring the truth. A cloud forms over the people, which is so dense, visibility is diminished to near-blindness. The abomination of Anon explains how faulty rhetoric, clearly or rationally. Nakash, uh, which is, by the way, uh, the same Hebrew word that is used for serpent and toxic, is uh, central to, uh, to many forms of satanic deception. Mohammed. Openly consulted with soothsayers, his Quran is filled with astrology as Allah swears by the constellations, the sun and the moon. These uh, concepts form the basis of the Quran's last two surahs, which are whispering to Satan. Muhammad is shown throughout the Islamic hadith, practicing magic and dealing with spells. But it was his chabar chabar, eloquence that made his message so lethal. I offer this twist on Muhammad's favorite occupation as a confession. The prophet said, I have been given the keys of eloquent speech and given victory with terror. He spoke these words as he looted Christians for the first time. Jabar is politicized religion. To Shabar is to bind. Merriam-Webster tells us that the English word religion is based upon the Latin religare, mm-hmm. to bind and to restrain. In the context of this list and as an adjunct to cash uh, off and Shabar, it confirms that God is intolerant of religion and politics because they are used to confuse and control his people something the foremost advocate of liberty and reason finds wholly unacceptable. Well, that's a sobering thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is drawing a line in the sand. He, uh, you can either side with him or with the oppressive and deadly nature of religion and politics. On one side of this divide, you will find a solitary door which leads to a personal relationship based upon love, light, truth, life. On the other, mankind is found groping in the darkness of religion and wallowing in the deception of politics. Your choice. Many will chafe at the realization that God is intolerant. Societal conditioning makes it difficult for believers to accept that Yahweh is repulsed by the religious and political, the militant and the conspiratorial. And yet, even with the life he gave them, they are free to reject him and his offer. <laughs> Today, uh, I, I heard a quote from Nancy Pelosi. Uh, it's amazing how overly stupid uh, America's leading politicians are. She was on the, uh, the House floor. She's Speaker of the House. And she's feeble. I mean, she's. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm not going to condemn her because she's old. I'm, I'm not exactly young anymore, but she is way too old to hold public office. Um, anyway, she was giving this speech, and uh, she says, "You know, the the reason we need to arm the uh, uh, and send this this uh, uh, weapons to the Ukraine is because that terrible dictator." And and Russia is trying to starve the world, and you know. And Jesus said, uh, "Because you you fed me, you are mine." And and so we we need to oppose that dictator that is trying to starve the world. Yep, Jesus would have us send missiles to the Ukraine (laughs) because the Ukraine was feeding him, I guess.
1: Uh, It. it, (laughs)
2: Oh.
1: oh sorry. Uh, oh.
2: Jesus, oh by the way, you can you'll find that quotation in Matthew. A little Machino uh, that Matthew was written by an absolute
0: fraud. Oh, oh well why spoil it for
2: her? why why spoil it for them? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 world is going to uh starve. Uh, As a result of uh, this administration's uh, stupidity uh, And the politicians of the Republican
1: Party uh,
2: (laughs) Because uh, we decided that uh, we wanted to go to war against Russia And sanction Russia Uh, We have caused uh, uh, severe food shortages around the world Mm -hmm. And driven up the price of uh, of living and, and food Enormously, and uh, and it's our fault. And yet we we think the solution is to send more missiles. You ask anyone, politicians. We don't. What what is the endgame here? What are you trying to achieve? Well, well, we're going to replace uh, Putin. Putin's a
0: bad guy here.
2: What are you going to get? To what you? to what? You're you're going. Have we done that to, about how many countries? To. to to go into your – telling us you're pro-democratic, you're going to go to a democratic country where the people overwhelmingly support Putin and voted for him. And you want to go to that country, and you want regime change, just like you did in Ukraine when you replaced in the Ukraine, elected yeah. government with the, the one uh, sponsored by the neo-Nazis. That was America's doing, too. So you want regime change in, uh, in Russia – the hell with what the Russians uh, want. And you're going to not even think about who we are going to get to replace them.
0: Who's, who's next?
2: Who's, who's next? You know, we tried this game in Vietnam, and what did we get? Worse. We tried this uh, game in Libya. What did we get? Worse. Yeah. We tried this game in Iraq. What did we get? Worse. worse we tried this game in afghanistan what did we get worse
0: Pathetic. we tried yeah, this game absolutely. in china
2: against shanghai shek what did we get worse we tried this game in russia what did we get worse every time america plays this game we get worse so if you continue to do the same thing and expect a different result what are you an idiot it's an absolute uninformed <laughs> nincompoop, and that is okay. the that is the nature of the United States of America, most of Europe, most of the world. We have just become so. collectively stupid. There is no end game here. We started a war, and this is no ordinary war. This is a war where the United States, who has the second most nuclear weapons in the world, is sending weapons and declaring they want regime change and they want to eliminate the military using a proxy of the nation with the most nuclear weapons. So let's just say, for God's sake, that you are successful and you kill a gazillion Russians and you wipe out much of the Russian infantry and the Air Force. Let's say you do that. What are you going to get? Do you think that Putin and the Russians are going to say, well, boy, we're really sorry that uh, we, uh, we allowed you to kill us. We really want to beg your forgiveness for you having sent all those weapons to wipe us out. We really feel badly that uh, you led a propaganda war against us. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're so saw we, we're just going to go crawl in our little hole and starve to death based upon all of your, your sanctions. No, there's 0% chance of that. These nincompoops couldn't think it through and recognize that the only possible outcome of what they did is World War. Mm-hmm. Nuclear confrontation. It's the only possibility. Worldwide famine, revolution, starvation, the thrashing of people's savings, making their lives miserable, the death of truth, uh, great irreversible constraints on the access to information. What else? Oh, and so what are we going to do? We're going to now have Finland become part of NATO. Oh yeah,
0: that came up today. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's swell.
0: Let's let's make them totally And we call ourselves, ourselves the peacemaker.
2: Weapons. We're the Democrats and we want regime change and we send 40 50 billion dollars worth of weapons to the Ukraine. Which is supporting a government that anyone in their right mind knew was the least responsible, most graft-oriented in the world. They were the government that consistently welched on their loans from the IDF, World Bank, and even from the Russians.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And yet we made them out to be saints. This is the country that has the highest percentage of armed neo-Nazis of any country in the world. And yet we present them as freedom fighters. No wonder we're sponsoring the two-state solution
1: Mm -hmm. for Israel. Stupid
2: is as stupid stupid does. (laughs) Well, Kirk, we've come to the end of our program. Uh, I assume that we'll be uh, here uh, next week. I I recognize the world is (laughs) devolving quickly. Uh, Man is denigrating himself at uh, unprecedented rates. Uh, There is the death of truth, uh, the death of of honest effort, of personal responsibility, um, and of uh, peaceful coexistence. We are in a period of a death spiral. Uh, it's exactly what Yahweh had predicted, and it's going to transpire exactly as he had forewarned. And all we can say is that if you want to know God, you need to get your act together and in a hurry. If you are a Jew, a yaud you need to understand what that name means, what Yahweh's name means, what's at stake, how much time you have left. If I were you, I would begin by reading An Introduction to God, Volume 1, 2, and 3, and then read the six volumes that are currently published of Yada Yahweh. Come to understand exactly what the covenant is comprised of. Come to understand exactly what transpired in Eden, because that's where we're headed. Come to understand the purpose of each of these seven Moed Mikre. And then read observations so that you understand God's animosity to religion. Followed by coming home so that you come to gain an appreciation for who the returning Messiah really is. Who is the Son of God? Who's the King of Kings? Who's the Shepherd? Because it isn't that other guy that you dismiss and besmirch. That fellow who has been misnamed Jesus Christ, no, he's not the Son of God. He's not the Messiah. He's not returning. He was the Passover lamb. His name was Yosha. No, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the one who is returning with Yahweh, the one who is the central individual in God's story, the one whose life and lyrics are the most important that will ever be one who is going to be spoken of in this very prophecy is doubt, who you have mislabeled David and who you have afforded a star, which is a pagan symbol, something that he will abolish upon his return. I can assure you that if there is a flag for the state of Israel upon Yahweh's return, it will not be a star. A menorah, perhaps. Yahweh's name, perhaps. Yisrael, written, perhaps. Ya'ud, perhaps. Torah, perhaps. Bereth covenant, perhaps. Moed or Mikre, perhaps. But it sure as hell will not be a star of David. Well, Kirk, you uh you asked for uh
0: for I'm glad us to go into this. this great. Uh, yeah. We uh is we third made it. Reading to, still great.
2: Uh, yeah, to uh, uh what somewhere around page seventeen and in, uh, in mm-hmm. this chapter, mm-hmm. eighteen in this chapter. We've got a long mm-hmm. way to uh to go. But uh, it cool. is an interesting uh, story. Um and I I learned a lot uh from uh, from doing it. I think it's it's uh highly educational uh, explaining exactly what God is looking for, which is how he began, what he doesn't want mm-hmm. us to do, which is where he is. And then, um, this remarkable prophecy about who God is sending and why he's sending them and who, what he's going to be like. It's a great story. That's so may indeed. you bless. Um, we look forward to being with you uh, next week at this time. And, um, Kirk, uh, Thank you very much for helping.
0: Good night, one and all. Yes, sir. May God bless. Shalom, shalom.